Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Electric Cities Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Warson. Today's conversation is about technology and the rising influence it's having on the growth of our city region. With more and more tech firms announcing their arrival in Toronto seemingly every week, including big names like Google, Microsoft, and Uber, Toronto is fast becoming a global hotspot for technology. High-paying jobs and increased demand for office space are the obvious benefits. But advances in technology also mean tremendous opportunities for better building design and construction, and opens up alternative approaches to traditional city planning. Underpinning this is the digital world of big data, and the opportunities and challenges it presents for shaping and managing our city region. To talk about this, I'm joined by George Karras, founder and CEO of Our Labs Canada, and co-chair of ULI Toronto's Symposium on Toronto Urbanism. George, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So before we get into talking about technology, city planning, and real estate, I'm curious about your recent shift in career direction. For the longest time, you were the founder and president of RealNet Canada, which provided in-depth analysis on real estate market trends in the GTA and across the country. And now you've moved on to start this company called Our Labs. So what is Our Labs, and why did you make the switch? Well, um, let me talk about the switch first. Um, so I'm um, a civil engineer by profession um, and an entrepreneur uh, by DNA. Uh, I started RealNet um, with a, really an idea back in 1993. I quit my day job as a development guy back in 93, ran with some ideas, and then started um, RealNet Canada in 1995. Had a vision for what um, I thought was needed in a in a marketplace that was completely opaque, in real trouble at the time, and there was really no resources for making better decisions. Um, made that a purpose. Actually, I created George 2.0 by quitting my job and starting RealNet Canada. Um, it was an amazing journey that I would say I had together with an entire industry and, and marketplace across the country. Um, and I think we left um, uh, you know, people that were better informed, making better decisions. And um, ultimately, we sold that company in, uh, in 2014. And you know, then you became George 3.0. And you look and say, well, what purpose um, do you want to follow? And I think that's really important. I think there's a, there's a, a freedom of uh, purpose. And you have everyone has to figure out what that is for themselves. For me, it was you know the love of the problems around housing and commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. Realnet, Realnet was my first expression of a venture that that solved that. And um, you know, there's a couple of uh, you know people that you met in 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 the valley um, that made you realize there's a lot more um, problems that need to be solved and how you approach them. In the case, uh, in my case, was to build uh, a platform that builds companies, and so our labs. Um, so you can see our little logo, our dash labs. Mm-hmm. Um, when you hear it, it's our labs. So our labs is a community, and it is uh, 
it owns the problem of housing and commercial real estate, and it chooses to solve it uh, not through government policy, but through the formation of technology-enabled venture companies that we create um, and prove locally that we can scale globally. So there's a number of uh, strategic partners that are now in our lab and more that are coming. Um, and it, again, it's, it's our labs. And, and So who are the strategic partners and what are some of the examples that you've um uh, you've show, you're showcasing these days. So our labs is now, um, I would say, uh, about three months old. So it's a it's a it's a very new um, platform. Um, it's been sort of in the making for some time, mm-hmm. um, but we have a number of, of investors, including Omers, mm-hmm. um, that um, are committed as as am I, and uh, in in building companies that are in the prop tech space. And, and I so think prop just for people who don't know what prop tech is, that's property and technology. Is that right? That's yeah. And you know, I yeah. think time will tell what does that, what, what does that word mean? Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think the, you know, uh, history will, will prove that because I think if you said that word now it's, it's being defined as we speak, our actions define what that is. And in New York, it means a certain, you know, kind of thing and in the UK it means a different kind of thing and so what does that mean here in Canada and I think around the lab um, you know we're adding a Canadian um, definition to that which you know lead follow get out of the way we will we will do all three and um, you know with uh, RealPAC which is also another um, partner in in the lab an industry association partner we have the beginnings of what we refer to as the book of problems. Okay. And so what would be the kind of problems that you'd want to tackle? So we have, we have, um, there's a number that are here. Affordable housing as an example is one. Um, and so inside of housing, you know, there are, um, you know, problems that, that exist in, in what is the problem. So is affordable housing the problem, but there's minutiae, in each one of them. So the lab allows the formation of um, a venture around a particular problem. We have one here in the lab on interim occupancy interest, which sounds like a, what, what is that? Well, it's in, if you're one of the 90,000 people that you know, or have bought a pre-construction condo, you're going to hit interim occupancy, and, and you're going to have to pay rent on your unit. And you know, those are the kinds of things that you know, everyone's... Um, it hurts everybody sure. until you know one close, which is one of our ventures here. It solves that and allows people to not waste their wealth with uh, renting their own unit. It uh, it provides you know a, a, an economy and an efficiency to the developer. Provides an amazing platform for the lender. It's it's one of the things. But you describe that so as part of affordable housing, you know it's not one big thing. Mm-hmm. It's literally you know thousands of smaller things. So identifying what is the problem um, and then taking it through a venture process. Now you have a company that's set up around solving that problem that can prove it locally and scale that globally. So our um, podcast episode today is about technology, essentially, in real estate. Yep. How, did you, how did you get into um, this, this subject of technology? Were you always 
sort of on the leading edge <laughs> of keeping on up to date on where technology is going so, uh, regarding real estate? So I'm, I'm a civil engineer out of the University of Waterloo, which makes me a water loser. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, you can't help but go through that place with and not be completely, um, you know, infected with technology. Um, but, you know, really technology is just a solution looking for a problem. I think the, the, the real opportunity here is to, and there's a great quote on our wall here from Astro Teller, who runs uh, X at Alphabet and uh, captain of moonshots, if you will, for Sergey Brin. And, and his, uh, his line is, don't fall in love with the technology, because there's a new one coming around the corner. Don't fall in love with the solution. Fall in love with the problem. And, and for me, actually, that was part of the, the genesis of the formation of our labs is you got to love a good problem. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people in our industry who will relate to a problem. And I think they can self-identify and, you know, we're collecting the superheroes of the future around the super problems that exist in our, in our marketplace today. Okay, well, it, that's an interesting way to, to, um, to capture what you're doing. I'm... I'm interested in in Toronto's tech boom, and um, it just seems. And I've I've raised this before with other guests, but it, it seems to have blossomed in Toronto, in in very recent years. Um, it just about every one of the big tech companies have either landed in Toronto. Um, so Sidewalk Labs is a is a big one. Um, Either, or they have firm plans to expand, like Microsoft recently announced that they're moving into CIBC Square, or they're flirting with the idea of establishing a major foothold in Toronto, like Amazon and their proposed uh, uh, second headquarters. We don't know where they're going to go at this point. Um, so how did Toronto become a global hotspot for tech investments, seemingly overnight? Well, <clears throat> I think if we... You know, I think you also got to remember that the, Toronto is not on its own here. Like, sure. I think there, you know, we, we see living here, you feel the relative change from where we used to be to where we are now. And I think that makes us feel like we are. Uh, we are one of. And I think we have to be mindful of that. Like, there, uh, there's a lot of similar stories that can be said, um, you know, in many different parts of the world that they are becoming the next, you know, Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, so there's these these nodes, these clusters of innovations, these COIs that, that have formed, and every single one of them has formed around their own unique circumstances. So you look at, you know, the Valley, which formed really around the, uh, you know, institutions, the, you know, the, the, the universities and the pure research that was being done, and just this incredible confluence of events and activities and relationships, very different than, you know, Tel Aviv, very different than Barcelona. Um, Toronto is, you know, not the only, but is unique in its formation. So I, I think, you know, what we're seeing is a, a series of, um, you know, our education, uh, our institutions of higher education, which have produced, you know, over the last, you know, two decades, some really talented people. And those people have stayed. We have lost other talented people. Then they've gone to different parts of, of the planet. But those that have stayed, uh, and their relationships that have come from other you know clusters of innovation from around the world, are doing some really exciting things. So it's the relationships that that um, and the capabilities that 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 talent pool which didn't exist, um, you know, 30 years ago. But in fairness, it didn't exist anywhere 
really 30 years ago. When you look at some of these these massively valuable companies um, in in the you know history books, they're not that old, and yet their impact on our everyday life is is massive. But I think what you have to think about, Jeremy, is now what? And there's, you know, these waves, these kind of S-curves of innovation that have, you know, been formed in the valley. And uh, it's hard for your viewers to sort of see them, but imagine an S-curve. And, you know, it's these points where this technology enters this kind of, you know, rapid uh, acceleration, but it fades. Mm -hmm. And with those, like the integrated circuits, which, you know, 20-year period, produce these incredibly valuable uh, companies. But then the PCs came, and every it would be a logical assumption that said, "Hey, if you're making the, you know the chips for these things, you've got to be the logical leader in the PC era." None of them were, and then the PC era comes, and then you know at the end of the day, well, here comes the the internet, and you would assume that everyone who made those was the leader in the next one. And history has shown that that's never the case. So I think what we now see is we are once again you know, with some incredibly dominant large players which want to come to Toronto, but they want to go everywhere. So we're seeing that through the lens of Toronto. Uh, I think that's great. But you were mentioning earlier that Toronto, there's some unique qualities of, Tor- of Toronto. Yeah. And you, you touched upon um, the, um, a lot of grads, a lot of grad students coming out of the, the varied in various institutions. Um, is that is that what makes us different, or are there other elements? I I, I think what we haven't seen what we're about to do, and I think what we're about to do here is going to be spectacular, and I think it's I I believe it's anchored around the very problems that we are now, and the rest of the world are are struggling with, that I think will be what defines ultimately what is prop tech. Um, that is the formation of companies that we can create and prove here around some of the major issues that we have in, you know, in buildings, in urban, in, you know, financial, in, in government. Um, and I think th- the raw material that will make those companies is the problems we face, mm-hmm. the, the talent pool that is available, and a uniquely Canadian ability to come together uh, when it's needed. So I think that's like as we're seeing that, and as I see it through the lens of prop tech, I think that's really where uh, where we're at. We're in that beginning of that that knee of that exponential curve uh, hmm. moving forward. And the technologies that we're you know looking at that are that are also highly interconnected, um, also in their knee of the exponential curve, are just taking shape. So you know. You've got the you know machine learning and the AI mm-hmm. um, and uh, the IoT um, and cloud. Um, so you know someone described it in a very eerie way. They said that that's the the holy trinity of of technologies. You know IoT and AI and and cloud, where you're all seeing, all knowing, all present. And like these are these are um, life changing things um, that are happening and how they get you know put to use is going to be mm-hmm. what what defines uh, the next 20 years for us so what does Toronto I guess as a community um, what does it need to do to sustain that uh, appeal to the tech firms coming in well I think there's those coming in and those we're making um, yeah. so I I, th- I think 
Because Sorry, much that is, too. Yeah, those I, that are cultivated right here. I think, right? and, and personally, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the latter mm-hmm. and, and less so of the former. I think, you know, to be a, uh, another office for another big global company is, is of interest, and they will provide jobs. Um, but I think creating that next, you know, major company, it's going to happen. Like there, there are there are billion dollar companies that are being formed. Um, it'd be great if they were formed here, mm-hmm. and if they, it was great if they were founded by you know Canadians and people who live in the in the GTA and the Greater Golden Horseshoe. And we've got that corridor now, which is remarkable, you know, between Toronto and Waterloo. Um, and so I think as much as it's 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 exciting to see major global multinationals come here. I think what's equally, uh, perhaps more exciting, is looking at the formation of these amazing companies that are just being born and growing that are here. And so we're doing all the right things to, to keep them here and, and to uh, help cultivate their business? Um, I think we're getting by. <laughs> but I think, is, I, I think um, you know, to, to attract a major global company is one thing. To create the next global company is another, and what you'll find is, you know, scarcity in is is actually good, like scarcity in in the formation of of a new uh, entity or of anything provides for innovation. So you know, I think by virtue of the fact that we, like other places, have their challenges around where you're going to live and how are you going to you know pay for that, that provides the raw material and the scarcity that actually is is pretty good for uh, the formation of some of these companies. You get innovative um, when you have to. When you have to. Okay, so I want to get in. You, we talked a little bit earlier about PropTech. Um, when I mentioned before, it's this intersection between or of property and technology. And actually, I think this is one of the key topics for discussion at the upcoming annual trends in real estate, um, real estate session on October 19th. Uh, of which you are a presenter, and it's one of the session topics for the upcoming ULI Toronto Symposium. So definitely a very, um, really hot topic. I think there's a lot of buzz around this. Uh, PropTech is not an expression I'm uh, familiar with. It's only, I only recently discovered it. Um, So maybe you can describe a little bit more about what, why there's so much buzz around it, um, and some examples that, uh, that you can cite. So, so I think again that like what does that word mean? Um, and you know, I've been uh, lucky to be on that um, ETRE panel for I guess since they brought it up in in two thousand and four. So I've had a, f- a fair bit of consistency on that. And uh, and last year, you know, we you know we said it it was it was we talked about it last year. And in the ETRE um, twenty eighteen report, so like the one that we had in seventeen. So zero ETRE is emerging trends, trends in real, real estate. estate. Right. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> okay, the so lots sure. of lots of acronyms around technology. <laughs> right. Thanks, thanks, Jeremy. But so like so last year there was zero references to the word prop tech, right? And, and this year it has six. Okay, right. So, um, and I think what so I think for the introduction of a new word, it's a new word. So it's and it's intriguing because you hear that word and you go, what does that mean? And everyone seems to be jumping all and, over. And it, the right? answer is. It's just being figured out, mm-hmm. and I think if you asked that question and we went to um, you know to New York, you would you would have an answer. And um, and again, so I think I think what it means. So what so what is the answer in New York? So, so mine. Well, I, I think what you're seeing is 
technology companies which are largely expressed in a digital technology that does something in the uh, current real estate uh, business flow. Okay. Uh, I think it's it's going to be much bigger than that. So I think it's all innovation um, at the intersection of real property and technology. What we have to think about is it's not just the technologies that are the game changer here. Technology is just a solution looking for a problem. It's when you marry a technology with a new business model that you get a real game changer. So think of think of the internet when we when we you know first started. And, and remember, like this is a magazine. No, it's an e-magazine, right? That's what it is because we enter this technology through the eyes of the past, and we do this. Um, no one saw Google. Right? So the, the entire game-changing nature of what's what's ahead, um, I think, and I think when we think about it from a, from a what does prop tech mean? We explain it through the evidence of existing companies that are there, and we can, you know, you can talk about a number of them that are, you know, in either the, uh, you know, commercial real estate, um, you know, vertical of either, you know, uh, lease management or cost control, or, you know, what is prop tech is being defined in different, you know, parts of the world by the, the companies that we qualify that, and and if you think about the uh, suffix tech behind any one of the prefixes. So prop tech, property technology. It overlaps with fintech, finance, government, construction, urban. So just like property touches finance, touches government, touches construction, hmm. their tech equivalents, sort of a layer above, do the same, do the absolute uh, same. The only other caveat I would say is some of the technologies that we're seeing and we believe are prop tech are very physical technologies. So give me an example. Well, in the, in the building materials, so this is going to be where, where prop tech you know, could overlap with what might be called contact or construction tech. But there are, there are physical technologies that uh, are being used in the, in the making of things because property is, is, is real property. There's real you know, walls, there's real floors, there's real windows, there's, and then there's technologies that are coming into this. So you see, the, you know, evidence in, uh, you know, view glass, which is smart glass. You're, you're seeing this in, you know, material that we're actually, you know, bringing here, which is reinforced wood, uh, you know, a climate tile, which, you know, deals with uh, surge water. These are all technologies that, that um, uh, deal in the physical world. Uh, and, and, I think are as important as the digital technologies, and ideally you, you merge the two, but the physical technologies are still, I think, going to be a, an important part of, of prop tech as we, we move forward. So the digital technologies, which is, sounds a little bit more in the abstract, um, is that would that be something like blockchain, which uh, has emerged as, as something that could make the, uh, I guess, the real estate industry or, or, or parts of the real estate activity more efficient? Sure, and you see, so as a you know, as a technology, you know, blockchain is a distributed ledger, ledger technology, uh, you know, being used in different industries, unfortunately, and, and you know. I think you got to remember that that's really a utility. Um, you know, people kind of treat it like it's um, it's another way to raise money. 
and um, you can you can go offside on that in in the early days. But yeah, so those are those technologies also open up new business models um, that are you know there to be tested. And um, so yeah, so like if you looked at you know is it machine learning or AI? Uh, is it you know IoT? Is it augmented or virtual reality? Is it three D printing? Is it robotics? Is it blockchain? Uh, is it the cloud? Is it energy? Like these are all the technologies that are now kind of in that exponential curve, and all of them <clears throat> are are digital. So that means they're all highly interconnectable. Um, so, but that's not going to be what changes the game. It's going to be when you marry those with some, you know, innovative new business model um, that you're going to get um, real disruption and real uh, growth. I hmm. would say. And those are the digitals, but I think you also have like the same. The same would be true on on some of the physical technologies that are there. When we're seeing them in, you know, in the building materials side, you're seeing them in the in the uh, building processes side. And like, you know, just for a second, you know, construction, which is, you know, con or construction tech and overlaps with prop tech. But, you know, construction is, I think, responsible for about 13% of global GDP. It has had a 1% increase in productivity over the last 20 years. Mm, Interesting. And one of the things that this marketplace constantly is challenged about is cost. So the innovations that are now there are not going to be solved through purely digital. There's going to have to be, you know, some new innovations that come through in materials um, and in processes in in the in the creation of um, real property. Well, I want to end our discussion just on a topic I, I can't avoid, and that is this whole notion of big urban data. Um, and that is a topic that's also captured the attention of um, this city, especially with the arrival of Sidewalk Labs uh, on their their site at uh, Keyside down by the waterfront. And there's this whole thorny issue around data privacy. I don't really want to get into that. Um, but maybe you can explain to me what what is okay, so what is the big urban data or what is it that um, from a planning or real estate perspective, what are people concerned about is is it data is it data capture of people walking by a storefront is it data capture of people walking on a sidewalk driving in an area what is all this data that um that that is raising so much concern well i think the concerns are the um the known unknowns and the known unknowns for the you know for the average citizen is um what you know? What are you doing with my data? I, I so I think there's so at the root of this is permissions, right? And I think there you know there, this, is, this is a multi-dimensional uh, uh, topic. Yeah. Um, and I think you know as individuals we 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 don't know, mm-hmm. and and we assume certain things, but there are a, a, you know a learned group mm. that are very dialed into this, and there are some concerns about that. But like I think the issue of uh, of, of data. And, and privacy is, you know, runs right into the ability for improvement. Mm-hmm. So there, there's got to be an understanding of what it is that's, that you are permitting. And so the permission of, uh, of uses um, is one thing. And then it gets into a very, you know, gray area about is it public or is it private? Right. And I think what's interesting is if, if we become 
you know, if we, Toronto, is at the you know, forefront of this, um, we're going to learn. And, you know, our, you know, so we'll learn, which gives us an advantage. It also lets the world kind of watch, you know, what happens here. Um, so you're kind of on the leading and maybe bleeding edge of that topic. So how might that data help um, our urban fabric? So the, theor- so the theory is if we know, um, you know, where you are and where you want to go and we can, we can sense that um, and we can model that, then we can use some of the, you know, the technologies to actually be more predictive about the uh, optimization of scarce resources, mm-hmm. number one. Number two is it'll allow you to actually build and make better decisions going forward um, if it's used in its aggregate and for a, I'll, I'll call it a, uh, a communal, you know, benefit. Mm-hmm. Would you have any examples that you can... And, well, in terms of routing, like if you know, you know, if, if, if we know kind of predictively where you start your day, you know, where you're headed um, and, you know, what you do, where you are, uh, we can use all that to make sure that, you know, you and I don't cause congestion because I'm going to be honest on it, you know, I have a different path. The, the other part to that, the concern is like, now I know where you are. Mm-hmm. Now I know what you did. Right. And if you're okay with that, that's okay. It, it, I think the the known unknowns are there. The unknown unknowns are are what I think, you know, distinguish risk from fear. Mm-hmm. And and fear is well, who else has got that, and what else can they do with it? And I think there's a discussion that has to happen mm-hmm. here, and there's going to be clarity, and there will be mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, if but if that happens here, so, you know, and there's probably a very vocal group that does not want to have that happen here. Um, but there's a very innovative group that wants to have that happen here. And I think, you know, we're seeing, the, you know, the coming together, there's a, is it a private sector organization? Uh, is it governments? And governments are going to come out with, you know, uh, a city data policy. Um, so, like, you're, you're into some real important uh, discussions, and we are going to try something some stuff will work, <laughs> some stuff will not work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the question might be, what do we do when it doesn't work? And, um, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the interesting part of innovation is if you really want to be in innovation, um, your most common dance partner is failure. And it's how we handle failure that is what defines us. And uh, I think that's, you know, we're in the, you know, beginning, you know, phase of, of that uh, event with, you know, big data in cities. Very interesting. And just like you and, and our labs, you're at the, the initial stages of trying to solve problems uh, with a new lens. Um, there's a lot going on in this topic of technology and real estate, prop tech, whatever you want to call it. We're just getting started. We're almost, yeah. It's, it's actually dizzying to try to make sense of it all. And uh, so I, I want to thank you for, for your time and for sharing your, pleasure. Your, your knowledge and your experience. It's been really fascinating. Thanks again. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay.